Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this month's podcast, this month's Simple Farms LLC podcast. I'm Lori Boyer, joined by Scott Scheimer. He is a founder and the creator of the Simple Farms LLC podcast and a farmer from Cheyenne Wells, Colorado. And as we are talking here, Scott, I think if I remember right, you know, it's been a few days ago, <laughs> longer than a few days ago. But when I checked in with you last, you had gotten some precipitation, but it looks like we have some drought coming back into the state. What are you experiencing right now? Yeah, we uh, we were so excited about the precipitation we'd had. Boy, when it shut off, it shut off. We went right from uh, good and wet to uh, where we were so dry, just the hot, dry winds, and we haven't seen any precipitation since. We wanted to start drilling wheat here at the beginning of the week, and uh, we haven't. We're just kind of sitting, waiting, and looks like the forecast looks a little promising by early next week. But we are dry. The crops burned up pretty quick. I think they were so spoiled from all the moisture we'd had earlier. They didn't root down hard, and they really took a hit when we turned hot and dry here. Big plant and just not a big root development. How did your wheat turn out? You know, our wheat turned out pretty good. If you recall, we were so dry through the winter. We even in the spring, apprehensive about top dressing. Things just didn't look great, but we ended up cutting a good crop. It was above our average. We had good quality. Again, just another round. We're thrilled with what the products we used. Our quality was excellent. We were uh, still 60s to 62 pounds best weight wheat, even for the stressed environment. Scott, the Simple Farms LLC app is a tool, and it is a way for people to put in information on our crops and track things, as we have talked about on this podcast many times. So as you enter that wheat information from your own crop, what are some of the tweaks or some of the things that you feel like you could change as you get ready to look at planting for next year's crop? On the wheat end, I don't know that we're going to make many tweaks. Probably the biggest thing is... um, We keep moving away from our synthetic fertilizers and going into more biological. One product that we use is with uh, Elevate Ag. It's called HyperGrow. It's been our staple for about four years now, and it has just proven itself over and over every year in every crop type as it just helps that crop hang on and it's just boosted our quality. So the HyperGrow is our staple. So we're kind of phasing a little more of the HyperGrow in and a little more synthetic out. We're not eliminating anything but just making a little more transition towards what we think is helping us more. And uh, the HyperGrow, we do it both in furrow, it's a liquid, and we also do it foliar in the spring with the spray rig. I think that's probably been the biggest one for us. And we're seeing it both with our wheat and in our fall crops as well, our corn, our milo, our qualities have just been fantastic. I know we've been stressed very hard here, but I'm confident that we're still going to have quality in our grain. I was just going to ask you if you used it on other crops. So you do, but you use it on all your acreage then? I do. Yeah, it's pretty much standard now. We've done a lot of trials with it and we don't feel like we need to trial anymore. We just put it across everything. How many acres of wheat did you harvest? We harvested just about 3,500 acres this year. And is that your plan for next year as well? Yeah, we're actually trying to transition away. You know, down down here in Eastern Colorado, Shine Wells, We are a fallow area and we're trying to get away from the fallow. And so we're moving into more fall crops. And also we did a little rye with green cover this year, growing the seed for the cover mix. And we're going to do some more rye. We were really pleased with how it performed this last year. And so we're going to be putting rye into acres that would go fallow instead. And if we can raise it for grain, that's what we'll do. We're going to start it with a grazing mix 
if we get winter and spring moisture, we'll take it all the way to grain for green cover, get away from the wheat end. And you want to get away from fallow for financial reasons, right? You want to make sure you have every inch of ground in some sort of a crop, right? That's correct. Simple Farms is the program that just shows us that, you know, it's it's hard to quantify everything you're doing on your farm. You know, there's times we'll have seven, eight, even nine operations on a field throughout the year, especially a fallow period. When you look at all those costs that you're involving just to try and keep your ground clean and get ready for the next crop type, and they've shown over and over, uh, a fallow period is a, a 10 to 15% uh, profile increase. Well, if I can take even a 7 to 10% yield reduction and not fallow, it's a much more profitable move than trying to fallow your acres. Do you use the same biological on your rye as well? Yeah, we sure do across the board. Yep. And again, those are things that you can put into the app that you note that so that you know that biological is indeed providing the return on investment that you're talking about and that you are looking for. You're exactly right. We can look at it specifically for its ROI in its application and then pull it back out and just look at the operations without it, plug it back in independently, or look at the entire year's operations, everything that's involved. So there's multiple ways to look at yourself financially with the Simple Farms program. And it's just a matter of checkmarking that operation in and out of an analysis. Scott, a technical question for you regarding the app. If you buy your biologicals by the gallon, how do you spread that out within a year in the app itself? Uh, Yeah. So like when we're doing the drilling, you just plug in your concoction that you might be putting in, maybe uh, so many gallons of a 724 with accomplish and gallon and a half per acre. And then that's all you have to do is per acre basis. And then you go and you do 38 acres on the corners of the irrigated and you plug in 38 acres in the program. You set it up where your field size, let's just say it's a half section, 320 acres, but maybe that field's 321.64 acres. And your GPS tells you when you're all done spraying that it's 335 on the GPS. You can plug in the 335 at the rates you've done, and it'll allocate it down to the exact acres that you actually structured in it. So with overlap or a few uh, spot spray or something like that, program will quantify it down to the FSA acres that you've submitted in the program. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Good information. What are some of the questions you've been getting recently from either users or those that are interested in using the app? Oh, I think most of the people are just, the biggest thing is, is still looking for assistance on how to look at themselves or still setting up. You know, I think that's probably still probably the biggest one is just getting people to set up the program, set up all the information in there. Once it's in, it's very simple. But my analogy is like QuickBooks. Your QuickBooks won't read what accounts you got to set up. You have to create them. And same with Simple Farms. You have to set up your farm, your fields, your equipment, the inputs you're utilizing. And once those are in, it's just a matter of adding them in per operation. When you go out to the field, you have your cell phone and you click on the field you've gone to, the piece of equipment you're using and the inputs you've done and submit the acres and boom, it's in the program and you can just apply it to any analysis you want towards that crop. And do you recommend, even I've talked about this before, do you recommend that at the end of the day, that's when the best time is for people to open up that app and input the information? Or do you think weekly is better? You know, at the end of the day, for people that are just beginning, you know, each day while it's fresh in your mind, it's like a game. You know, when you first play a game, you're not very good at it. You don't know all the angles. And the more you play a game, 
the easier it gets and the more advanced you get with the game and know the angles and the shortcuts. And it's the same with the program. It's even a gamified structure. Applying each day really helps keep your mind on it. For me, yeah, we get down to where a lot of times we'll submit a whole week's worth of information before we apply it. We've done it long enough and aware enough of what we're looking at, what we're doing. And you can do that. There's times we get busy. I know everybody out there just gets so busy. Just a simple task of entering a spray operation. It might be three days later before I enter it, but you can always enter it at any time and then backdate the operation that you've done. Any mistakes you might've made in there, you can go back and always correct them. And so the program, nothing's ever set in stone in it. So you can always go back, adapt and change. Scott, you and I have talked about this before, but the program is for multiple users, right? That's correct. Yeah, we have, uh, I think on our operation, 13 users on it, entering different information. So uh, yeah, and that doesn't change the price point of the program either for the individuals that purchase it. It's entity-based. So as many people are on your operation, as many acres as you got, it doesn't affect the price point. Scott, jumping around here just a little bit, back to your farm, how did the rye crop turn out? Yeah, so we harvested the rye right after wheat harvest, and we were very pleased. The quality was good. We're shipping right now to green cover. They're picking it up, getting it cleaned, getting it packaged, ready for the cover mixes. You know, they explained to me that rye is a lower yielder than uh, wheat, and it was. It was about 15 20% less on the varieties we were using, but we didn't push our inputs on them either. We were pretty limited. We were just doing a trial run. And for our area, we're uninsurable, so it was a little higher risk. So we've gone through the process. We've learned some with it, so we'll push it a little harder and see what we can do with it. But probably the most exciting thing with it is is the residue. Oh, my goodness. It's just huge, right? You know, everybody does triticale or rye for feed. They know how big that plant can get. And we stripper cut it for the grain. So we've got all that residue out there. We've worked with some biologicals that will actually break that residue down. And so that's what we'll be doing and getting it prepped for our corn crop next year. I'm pretty excited to see how the corn performs in that rye residue. Nice. Now, do you do any testing like in that residue to see how much nutrient value there is in the subsoil? You know, we haven't done any testing. We do work with locusts on our cover crop and they will go out and they'll be pulling samples on it. And so we do have a baseline on that ground. Once we see those samples, we're using the Haney test. And we do get that broke down. I think we're going to see an excellent response on what's available in the soil, both nutrient-wise and carbon sequestering and biological activity. So there's a lot of things I think we're going to see go on there. For us, you know, as farmers, probably the biggest thing is is I want to see a yield response. (laughs) That's the biggest thing. So we'll see results. Unfortunately, you know, all the things we do, it takes years to see the end result for what we've done today. That is true. You have to have a lot of patience, don't you? <laughs> You're yeah, a you farmer. <laughs> and, you know, that's why I like about Simple Farms as well. For me, we've got a lot going on, a lot of different diversity. I really do use this program a lot on my iPad. I have it with me in the machine at all times. And I can go back and look at a field historically in the program. I've been entering data since 2019. And I can look back at what we've done input-wise on a field last year, two years, three years ago what the crop was, you know, you get to where it's hard to remember all that. That's very easy to see on the program. And you could just go through the history of that field. Scott, just a few years of tracking has got to be so invaluable to you as a producer. 
and taking the guesswork out of what to do next. You're exactly right, Lori. It's not going to actually be the crystal ball and tell you everything you need to do, but it definitely gives me perspective. What little things we've done here and there, how we can change it, looking back at it. You know, there's a lot of times there's just something that just glares at you that either worked or didn't work. And it's pretty easy to see when you see it in a numerical structure in the program like that, especially when you start seeing margin levels and based on yield or based on input costs and where the market prices are. Everybody sees what's going on right now with our commodity markets just falling out of bed. Boy, does that make a big difference in our margins very, very quickly anymore. Scott, what about some of the other things that you do on your operation? Did you decide to stay in the cattle business? We are. I've got a great team. The guys are very excited to get back to the cattle. So we're doing cattle care on our residue, on our corn stalks. And we will be putting some rye in that we're going to mix in on the corn stalks and milo stalks. And so, yeah, we're getting set up and ready to go to start doing some cattle care for a couple different neighbors. That's how we'll begin. I do have all my pastures. They're still leased to other individuals. And so I'll allow them to keep staying with the lease structure for right now. We're getting our toes back in the cattle in. Livestock wise, the shrimp are very close to harvesting here. Probably in the next week or two, we're going to start netting shrimp and getting those sold out to people and a few different things going on on the quote unquote livestock end. Never thought of shrimp as livestock, but I suppose you're right. (laughs) (laughs) And is that something you think you'll stay in, um, stay working with as shrimp? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, this was our second round and we learned a lot from the first round and we made a lot of changes and we've had success with those changes. We learned a lot from our mistakes and pretty excited. This batch is, I'm anticipating about 300 pounds of shrimp to sell this time. And last time we sold about 70. And the first time we sold out before I even got to eat any. So pretty excited. We had a couple as a sample, but I might actually plan on having a meal this time. Did you sell yourself some this time? Yes, I did. (laughs) I put myself on the waiting list. (laughs) And then when will you start back up with it with your next crop of shrimp? So we'll probably free up a couple of our tanks. We have 10 tanks in the system. So we'll free up a couple here. We're going to thin them all down a little bit so we can get, we've grown them up to what's called a nine count. We start marketing them at 20 count, which is 20 shrimp to a pound. And we've gotten them as big as nine shrimp to a pound. We want to grow a few even larger than that. So we'll thin the tanks so we can get some larger counts. And then we'll start our nursery tank up again before we're completely liquidated on the other end. So within about a month, we'll probably get another batch getting started. So the shrimp side of your operation is literally a year-round business then? Yeah, it is. It's a climate-controlled container. We're using a shipping container, and it's climate-controlled. So winter and summer, we got it running all the time. Very interesting. What kinds of questions do you get about that? Most people ask, how long does it take to grow a shrimp? I tell everybody it's like feeding livestock. Uh, You got to get pretty good at it. We're still learning a lot. They say through everything we've learned, we can take them from a 12-day-old to a marketable 20 count in three months. I would not say we're there yet. It's taken us about four to five months to get them to that level. And it's in the feeding and maintaining the water quality and everything else. But we're doing better than last time and very excited about where we're at. When you sell them to your end consumer, are they still alive? Yeah. Based on the USDA rules, they're livestock. So the customer comes to pick them up. We net them out of the tanks, hand them the bag, and then they dip it in ice water and that kills them. And then they take the shrimp home, good and cold. We'll pack it with ice for them. 
And we recommend you cook them in the next day or two. I mean, that's what makes it fresh. What makes their quality good. If you go to freeze them, you have to remove their heads. Cooking them with their heads on actually gives them a different flavor and a little more tender meat. It's good. It's like homegrown tomatoes or homegrown beef. You know, everybody's just a little more quality to that. And then you mentioned USDA rules there. So do you have to have special permits for this? Do you get inspected? No, right now, everything we're doing follows a protocol that we can just sell it off the farm like we are basically in the livestock in. Any new ideas or any new things that you're planning on bringing to the operation? Oh, on the place, we are looking to do a pick your own orchard. Maybe a couple other little projects we'll keep under our belt. On the simple farms end, we plan on doing a little more work on the program to simplify the onboarding process as far as customers setting their farms up initially. We're going to do some work on that end so it makes it much simpler. And we're also looking to create templates in the program so people just have a baseline to start so they don't have to build their own analysis. They'll just be pre-structured analysis in there for them to get started with that they can use or modify or then go on their own building their own analysis. So that's kind of a big thing with the simple farms in that we're looking to do. When do you anticipate those updates coming down? Oh, we're just still cleaning up the mapping updates. They're almost complete. And so then it'll be a matter of us sitting down with the development team, taking our ideas and them drawing them out and putting them in development. So I don't foresee anything like that till spring. And then where are you at user-wise now? I know that you had a goal of 100. We had a goal of 100. We did not reach that goal, but we'll keep working on it. We got time. I'm going to keep on pushing the programs here. I joke, it was a big investment and we do a lot of work on it. And the majority of our revenue goes right back into improvements on the program itself and promotion. We'll get to that point. I'm really hoping this year's the year for the 100. It's sad too, Lori. A few of our customers we have lost because they've retired. One of them, a younger one, has left farming. You know, we see that in our world too. And uh, they were great people that we had along with us, but they're getting out of the industry. That's sad too. That's a good point, actually. You know, that as time moves forward, you are probably going to lose some customers for those reasons and people passing away, just changes in agriculture, a lot of buyouts going on and transitions going on. Exactly. Exactly. And they're both young and old, you know, it's both ends of the spectrum. We turn around and we don't necessarily celebrate the people we gain because we don't want to dwell on the ones we lose. Right. And so it seems like every time we lose a customer, we pick up one or two more. Some of these that have retired have actually passed us on to the next group. Been in it long enough now, we're starting to see customer rollover. It's very strange. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Scott, anything else you wanted to mention here today? I think we're kind of in another realm of our seasons, right? We're getting ready to drill wheat and fall harvest is going to show up a little quicker than I think any of us anticipated with the weather. Everything's going to happen fast. We'll blink and we'll be into the holidays. That's about it on this and pretty excited to get going. Now I've heard, I, I'm just curious what you've heard. I've heard we're in for kind of a rough winter. What are you hearing? Yeah. You know, the farmer's almanac's been pretty much spot on this year. I think that's what it's saying at this point. So uh, we're getting prepared for a rough one. Colder and, uh, and snowier than normal, yeah. icier than normal. Yeah, so we will stockpile our coffee and get ready to bundle up and hang out in the office. (laughs) (laughs) Turn up the temperature on the shrimp. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Keep them happy at 83 degrees. You're exactly right. (laughs) All right, Scott. Well, always a pleasure to talk to you and happy planting and please be safe out there. 
All right. Will do. Thanks, Lori. And uh, always excellent interviews. Thank you. Once again, Scott Scheimer, my guest here today. He is the founder and creator of the Simple Farms LLC app, a margin analysis tool for producers. You can find him online at... Yeah, you can find us at simplefarms.ag. Always a pleasure to talk to you, Scott. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. I'm Lori Boyer.